Hello, tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, longevity, and keeping us healthy and enhanced in our lives. Four Sigmatic makes a wide variety of blends, including mushroom coffee, mushroom elixir, hot cacao, matcha, and superfood blends. I believe strongly in this company. I've been taking Four Sigmatic and it has changed my life. I can't even begin to start my day without a cup of Four Sigmatic in front of me. Right before I meditate or I do anything from speaking engagements to traveling to doing healing on people or just going out in the world and sharing my immense love for this planet and for everyone on it. I feel lit times 1,000. It is literally shifting the energy in my being. I'm talking firing off those synapses, kicking my body into high gear by awakening those electrons, spinning those electrons, getting my body so on point with my focus, my creativity, and my energy. One of the products that I love the most is the Lion's Mane's Coffee. Lion's Mane promotes productivity and focus, and it was known by shamans and monks who take that into their body for meditation, focus, and clarity so they can really tune in to the energies and absorb the knowledge and information that is coming to them from the spirit world. And as you know, on Ancient Wisdom Today, we like to keep it lit all day every day. And how do we do that? By creating magic. And what is magic? Magic is turning up that energy, living our truth, honoring who we are, and doing what's right for us so that we can live a beautiful, powerful, easy, playful, fun, joyous, and just the most powerful life in this now time. So if you don't have Four Sigmatic on your shelf, in your bag, in your briefcase, on the airplane with you, right before you speak, whatever it is that you do, you have to get this. Even for your kids, for your teenagers, pop it in their in their bag before they go to school. This is the drink that literally makes you think. It is powerful and it is enriched with so many powerful mushrooms. And these adaptogens are literally changing the lives of people. And remember, I've talked to you many times before in the past about mushrooms and the networking system of mushrooms when it gets into your body and just really taking your body to a whole new level. So if you're interested in learning more about this amazing company, because I just really want you to know, Tribe, that everything I share with you, I share with you from my heart because I believe in it and I see what it has done for me and my life and all of my friends and family. Go to foursigmatic.com backslash shaman Durek, and you will get a discount code at your checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com backslash shaman Durek for your 15% off. I love you, tribe. I love you so much. That is the reason why I choose sponsors that are in alignment and authenticity to what this tribe is about. Staying lit, staying focused, staying driven, and changing our planet for the good. Love you. Enjoy the share. Bye. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, beautiful souls. This is Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, and life is amazing. Life is so wonderful. You're wonderful. 
Did you ever know how wonderful you are? Did you ever take a, did you ever take an inventory of like how many wonderful things that make up who you are? Like how cool you are and like from the moment you first came to earth and all the cool unique things about you that is different from other people as well as the beautiful moments about you and just all of those in-between things that you've accomplished in life. That is something to really pay attention to. It's really important for us to acknowledge where we've been, what we've gone through, and how we've accomplished things because it really sets the tone of our evolution and puts it into a motion, a a deep understanding or a well, a flowing well that we are always succeeding and always moving and always shifting and always lifting because we've done it so many times and we've gone into the unknown so many times. Like, What are we really afraid of? Are we afraid that we have no control over the situation because we do not know what spirit or what what might come through us, what might come through another person and what might take place in our lives? Well, guess what? We don't have that information anyway. What we can do is ready prepare ourselves within our heart that always remain constant in love and be aware that we don't have to shift out of that love or move ourselves from that love at any cost, at any direction, on any circumstance that may present itself here or there. We are this being that has a choice to either engage ourselves into something energetically or to disengage ourselves in something and engage ourselves in something even more greater, more profound, more loving, more nurturing, more accepting, and more free. You see, a lot of the confines that we've created have come from our parental system, our guardians, or those who we deem to be a lot more educated or more uh, viable in the world than we are. So we think because they have gotten degrees or they have built a home or they own possessions, but none of those things antiquate the intelligence of a human being. And in fact, if we look at it from an understanding of the measuring system that humans have created, the value of someone's measuring system is based upon how many goods they have accumulated and how much money they have in the bank and how much access they have to certain things in life than other people. That isn't a good measuring system at all. And in fact, it actually creates a very discordant energy in the process of evolution when we operate from that field of consciousness. Because then we begin to think that our only value is that which we antiquate and that which we can attain and that which we can get in or so to say, be a part of the club. A club that could be filled with a lot of psychopathic people and a lot of people who are just not in alignment, who are sick and ill and just constantly live from a place of take and a place of wanting to fill in their desires that are a bottomless pit of nothingness because they're unwilling to really dive deep into that part of their heart. And when I say deep, I don't mean like deep, like the ocean deep. I mean deep in the sense of like the realness of it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right? You know what I'm saying? The realness of it is the deep, not the deep of the sea. I thought some people say you got to dive deep. And I say dive deep means dive into dive into the to the realness of it, right? So that's to me is the dive, right? The dive is the allowing yourself to go into the realness of that situation. And that to me is diving deep. And so as we begin to open ourselves up to these higher levels of consciousness, we have to be aware that the multiple dimensional aspect of consciousness exists for us. And it requires us to be willing to suspend ourselves from any which point of view and go into the infinite expansion of all the many different intellects and ideas that could actually you know, be present in our lives if we're willing to bring awareness to it. That that gate of awareness requires one thing, your willingness to go to a place that's uncomfortable or not known or unseen to what you would actually think is even possible. As I always say, which is one of my favorite things to do every morning, and I got it from Alice in Wonderland, which is before breakfast, I always like to think of all the six um, impossible things that could happen. This opens up a doorway for me to be able to tap into the possibility that any of which of those things can happen. And by doing Doing it every single day by waking up every morning after I come back from the gym and do my meditation and do all the things that I like to do, such as my shamanic exercises and, you know, my listening to my classical music and tuning myself energetically to classical music. I like to sit down and think of six impossible things that could happen to me and state them out, you know, with love and 
the ability to know that these things, um, you know, by saying it and acknowledging it, I'm bringing it into fruition, right? And by doing that exercise every day, it allows me to open myself up to deeper levels within myself, which I think is really amazing. That's why I really love, you know, Alice in Wonderland. A lot of people you don't know that, you know, um, I really, really, really love Alice in Wonderland. And it's not just because of the fact that it's just an amazing story. It's the, ma- it's the magic behind the words, the quotes, the understanding of the deep knowledge. You know, it's like Alice would say, why sometimes I believed as many as six impossible things before prefix. That verse has changed my life. And it has opened up doorways for me that I never knew could open because I was willing to go beyond the confines of what I think is possible to going to the place of hanging out in the impossible, right? Because the impossible is the awareness of. That means that if it's impossible and you can say it, then it's possible because you actually perceive it. And anything that you can perceive can be possible. I mean, just think of some of the greatest inventors of our time, the Wright brothers. They believed in something impossible at that time to have an air plane, something that flies like a bird in the sky, but they did. They believed in the impossible and made it possible. And, and, and not just them, but the list goes on and on. I mean, take a look at Thomas Edison or Benjamin Franklin, who believed that the, the impossible, which is at that time they were by candlelight, was the idea that there would be an electric, electricity that would light up a room with a glowing orb or a light in the room where you wouldn't have to put a a fire to a candlestick. And that was his impossible, which became possible because he believed in the impossible. And that's the reason why I love that 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 verse that Alice says in Alice in Wonderland, because it just hits home. Right. And so what what I, you know, when I was in a wheelchair and the doctors told me I was never going to walk again, I remember saying to myself, I believe in the impossible that I'm going to walk again and that I'm going to be able to use my legs again. And I'm going to be able to walk and dance and jump and do all of these things. And I'm sure there's people who are listening who are like, how is it possible when the doctors are saying so? The doctors can only tell you the small fragmented viewpoint that they can see from, meaning the lens or the keyhole that's available to them based on their knowledge and based on their tests and based on what they've been told, based on statistics and understandings of that. That doesn't mean that spirit, which is infinite and, and, and lives in the realm of impossible, can't intercede in the reality which you have been looking through, such as that keyhole. So spirit lives in the place of the impossible, waiting for us to say it's possible. Why? Who is the us that it's waiting for? It's waiting for our conscious self to say it's possible so that the creator inside of us, that little girl, that little boy, that creator, that God, that soul, that everyone calls like your soul, right, which is creation, once we say it's possible, then God can say it's possible. It's like people don't understand that nothing becomes possible from the impossible unless you claim it as so, and then God will make it as so. But the thing is, is that we are living in a realm where we have to decide, do we listen to those who are telling something that's impossible to maintain its impossibleness in our lives? Like if someone says you can't do something, is it that energy that we're going to hold on to? Or is it the energy of knowing that that is their reality of what's possible for them that they've chosen to accept? Which unfortunately, if we think about it, well, I would say i you know, I bless their dear hearts that think so small because that just, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate, you know, for us all. Ah, that's a good one. I like that. If you notice, I like to rhyme a lot. I bless their dear hearts for they think so small. It's so unfortunate for us all. And why is it unfortunate? Well, it's unfortunate because we want everyone to be lit. We want everyone to be in their power. We want everyone to walk as leaders because that means that we can build something even greater together collectively. 
when there's people who are constantly buying into the illusion that the system knows that as long as they make things sound impossible and make you believe that it's impossible, then it stays impossible and you're stuck in the matrix. And I know a lot of people are like, wow, Shaman Dirk, really? The matrix? Like you're using like the matrix as a way to describe what's happening on the planet? Well, guess what? It is. A matrix is a system that is built upon a structure that follows a structure. That structure has an imminent, or should we say, um, uh, a point of view, right, that everyone will follow in order to be safe or to feel normal or to be uh, accepted. That is a matrix. It's a grid system that follows a linear projection of beginning and end. And the idea that you get rewarded and you get punished when you do not obey the matrix rules that are put into society, in your school system, in your governments, and all the different rules that apply, you know, it's like... No one's asking you about all the many things that could possibly be possible in life that could change our system and help our species and the planet and the natural kingdom and the animal kingdom. No one's asking you because you haven't decided that your impossible can be possible and therefore no one else can actually believe in it until you believe in it. Exactly. Like I remember saying to a friend of mine once, you know, that I was going to figure out a way to generate energy in midair using my knowledge of shamanism and my knowledge of science and my knowledge of quantum physics. And everyone was like, okay, come on, Derek, really? You're going to generate energy in a room and make us all feel it? I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm going to figure out how to generate energy using consciousness, using frequency, using atoms, and using the understanding of combustion, such as a movement versus a movement, meaning like words are in constant movement. So I could see that as a train. And then like energy and atoms are wacky atoms are bouncing on or all around me. So all I have to do is actually connect with one of them. And then consciousness is like a, is like a freeway. It allows me to bring direction to something or to expand something. So if I use that, and then if I have a consciousness of a visualization, such as something that I want to visualize, such as a spark or electricity or any of these things, I could actually use that. And with that, understanding of quantum reality, knowing that every possible, um, every possible thing exists, and all I have to do is tap into the part that exists and bring it into my reality, I am doing what is called fusion work. And everyone's like, you know, all my friends were like, oh yeah, okay, that's interesting. No, really, I'm serious. I'm using energy, shamanic knowledge, which gives me the ability to recognize that there is a spiritual realm, a realm where there's things that exist that I don't even know exist unless I'm willing to step into the unknown and pass beyond the barriers and the boundaries and go into that space without any judgment. That means I can't go in looking for something. I have to go in by observing and being invited in. Once I'm in, I'm able to see all of the many different realities. Now, to be able to see the quantum realities, I have to let myself go beyond the confines of my third dimensional mind. Third dimensional mind is programmed by the matrix. It's the idea of third finite thinking. It's the idea that, you know, there. this is the truth. This is how things are. This is this. This is a chair. This is a bed. This is a table. This is a vase. This is a window. And everyone accepts it that way. And so, therefore, that's what you call it. No one's going you know, to call the window a kabudakata, and no one's going to call the chair a gudagirine, and no one's going to call the bed a badabadugaden, because not everyone has accepted those words as the meaning of those things. And so, therefore, people play within the constructs that were built for them to play within, and they don't go outside of those constructs. So, like, for instance, one of the video games that I cannot stand playing more than anything is games that actually give you limits, like where you go to a mountain, you can't climb the mountain. I'm bored. Like the moment you can't interact with something, like if you jump in the water, you can't swim. It just like makes you stop and you have to go and finish, like play the game. It gives you like a boundary. I don't play those games. I play games where you can actually jump in the water, you can jump in the mountain, you can climb a rock, and you know, you can do all these different things. You have this free world, you can interact with anyone in the world, you can go to any place in the world, and you can take all these adventures and do all these things. Those are the kind of games that make me happy. Not to say that I don't play those other games, but the ones that really inspire me are the ones that are very much like dreams. 
or like the place where we go when we imagine, which in fact is no other place than going into the astral plane or the spirit plane and, and being able to see the many different realms of possibility depending on how good we can imagine. Like you remember those daydreaming moments? I remember them as clear as day. I had the most boring teachers you could ever imagine in junior high. And they were so boring. I literally remember watching Charlie Brown and being like, wah, 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 and started laughing my head off, my sister too. And literally remembering like that's what it feels like when the teacher talks to me. There's no excitement. There's no fun. There's no joy. There's no music. There's no nothing. It's just talking at me and telling me to take out my books and write things down or take a, a, a you know a, a surprise a surprise a surprise quiz, which I can tell you, I never passed. Not because I'm not smart. No, of course not. I'm super smart. But the thing is, the reason why I didn't pass because I didn't really care about it so much. I just thought like, where did they get this quiz and why are they giving it to me? Are they doing it because they want to see if I follow rules or if I'm really good at listening? Like, what are they after here? See, I never really looked at school as this like, like some kids look at school, they just follow the matrix and they're like, okay, I got to go to school. I got to get good grades. I got to go to good, get a good college degree and all this kind of stuff. I looked at school as an entrapment. I looked at school as a manipulative entrapment and one wondering why they're giving me these tests and where did they formulate these questions and based on whose personality? Is it based on mine, who's super emotional and like sees things in a very wizardry way, you know, and like lives in worlds that, that you know, well, for the sake of humankind, you know, probably people would think I'm absolutely batshit crazy, but the reality is I'm not. And in fact, I'm so sane that the fact of the matter is, is that at that time, I thought they were crazy. Like, give me a history quiz on what? Something that we did and we keep doing, but it would just change the characters. I mean, nothing is changing here. We're just learning the same thing. Like half of the things you're teaching me have nothing to do with applying myself in life. Teach me about how to be an entrepreneur. Teach me about how to be able self-sustaining. Teach me how to be able to sustain my health and my well-being. Teach me how to be able to communicate and have conversations and adapt to other types of people from different cultures and different and wide spreads of consciousness. But to teach me like these other things, I thought it was kind of like, almost like they were programming me like a robot. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, the core consciousness of anything is the idea that something exists that you see and present yourself with, which you see and you're like, oh, this exists. But there's a lot of people in the world who don't even know I exist. And there's a lot of people in the world who don't even know you exist, right? And the thing is, is because we haven't, um, they haven't opened their consciousness up enough to be able to step into the reality of you or the reality of me. But the thing is, when you begin to open yourself up into your shamanic knowledge, your shamanic understanding, realize that shamanism is not a religion. It's, it's just a lifestyle choice. It's a way in which you live your life according to the balance of spirit and the balance of the material world, or, or should we say the bridge between the two or the merging of two, which actually creates the greater understanding of both components. But each component has different understandings. For instance, I can't operate in the physical world and the same way the physical rules are and apply that to the spirit world. It just won't work and I won't gain access and I won't get in. And I can't access the spiritual world um, in the physical world unless I find the comparison that exists within the physical world, such as I can meditate, which is great, which is bringing spiritual energy into my physical experience. But in order to sustain it, I have to look at exactly what the meditation is creating for me and then learn how to generate that in the physical world and sustain that the same way I would with breath, right? Instead of like, you know, you don't have to focus on your breath. You could to change the different tones of your breath or the frequency of your breath or the highs and lows of how much you breathe in and how much you breathe out and you inhale and your exhale, right? You can in the physical world do that, yes. However, your brain and your body has a natural, uh, what we call um, autopilot that allows you to breathe because it knows it has to in order to live. Well, thing is, your body is being run by all these little or tiny organisms and all these little microbes and all these little bacteria and all these little fungi that are telling your body what to do and how to adapt and how to live and how to survive and all of these different things based upon all of its things that it's experienced from all of your ancestors and all their choices and so forth. So if you want to set your children up right, like your future children, or if you want to set other people right, right, meaning like give them the ability to see possibility beyond the limiting standards that they're looking at and be able to look between the quantum mirror of reality, then you got to think outside of the box. And more than outside of the box, you have to think outside of the box and the box 
and outside of that box and outside where there is no time and space and go beyond that. And literally, that means that you have to become the greatest person who can imagine things at like anything you can imagine, just imagine it. Like, just imagine it. You know, anything you can imagine, just imagine it. Like, imagine right now that there's a being in the room right now staring at you, loving you unconditionally, and has beautiful, beautiful body and has eyes all over its body looking at you. Imagine that it's there. Because it is. The reality of the matter is that there's all types of beings watching you right now, observing you as a human being, learning from you, observing the kindness of your species and be able to decide if it's necessary for them to interact with you or not interact with you depending upon your evolution and depending upon what your awareness is about. There are beings that are in the water, in the sky, and all over the place that are watching you cloaked and just observing you with love and seeing if you're ready to integrate with them or to learn from them or to download something from them that they can offer our species. You think all these wonderful ideas that come to us just come out of nowhere. Of course, they come from the muses. And what are the muses? The muses are the beings that allow other beings from other galaxies to transmit information and download it into our modus operandi, our thinking process, and allow us to believe that we came up with those things when in fact it was actually given to us, a transmission to us, or downloaded to us, and sent to us telepathically. Now, going back to what I was saying. Okay, so so for me to be able to generate this energy out of midair, right? The first thing I had to do is look at, okay, what is energy? Energy is a frequency, but frequencies come in different forms. Like there are frequencies happening all around you right now. Some of them you're engaging with and some that you're not. And your body is actually reading different frequencies and different tempos and different elocutions and different vibrations based upon certain signal codes and certain um, awarenesses. Um, so these frequencies that are all around you, right? These frequencies are generating energy codes, patterns, uh, degrees of tempos, elocutions, you name it. It's operating on many different syntheses and they're reading out information and there are some who are picking up on it, right? And some who are not. And these frequencies are operating both in minuscule and in huge levels, right? So that means that it's operating microscopically and it's operating macro and micro on different levels in different, um, in different wavelengths. Now, the frequency that you're most aware of is the one that comes out of your voice. Like when you speak, you're immediately generating energy and that energy is moving. Even though you may not see it moving, it's moving. And what people don't realize is that every time they open their mouth, they're actually filling up a room with all types of codes and energies that eventually can and will affect other people when they're around it. We call them echoes. Echoes, for instance, I'll give you a quick understanding of echoes in like the most simplest degree. Imagine you move into a house and that house feels uncomfortable and weird. And all of a sudden you're with your partner and you begin to argue. Why are you arguing? That could be because the person who lived in that house before you fought all the time. Their echoes or signatures, or should I say energy frequencies, are now in the walls and the floors and all over the place. That's why it's so important for you to get a house cleaning or before you move into a new dwelling because you could have echoes that seep out of the walls and into your energetic field and all of a sudden you're playing out the karmic energy of those echoes that were connected to someone else you're playing them out now in your relationship when in fact you probably never had an argument in your life I've seen these situations happen all the time. And it's, and it's even more so. Like, for instance, let's say, for instance, you're in a room. And in that room, there was a very, very sick person. That person was very, very, very sick. And you're a very sensitive person. And you go in that room, all of a sudden, you're getting sick all the time. You don't know why you're getting sick. All of a sudden, you're getting sick. You go in the hospital, they say, this thing's wrong with you, that thing's wrong with you. Did it recur to you that either the secondhand clothes that you bought could have belonged to a very sick person, and they was never cleansed, or the fact of the matter is that the building that you're in, or the place that you're in, or the room that you're in had a very sick person, or there was an old hospital there with dying people from a war. It could be a multiple of things. That is why it's important to understand energy signatures, which is something we should have been taught in school. Because energy signatures are so important if we're going to adapt and survive on planet Earth. Like, you can't just go willy-nilly, go live in a house that you buy and not clean it out and think that the echoes of those who've lived in that house for God knows how many generations are not affecting your family, are affecting your child, are affecting you when you're pregnant, are affecting you generally on any level. And 
you'll know because most people who have animals will start being uncomfortable or acting aggressive. That's because there's an energy signature they're picking up there that you don't see because you're not tuned in. And why aren't you tuned in? Because you've been buying into the matrix. You've been buying into the idea that this is a room, this is a wall, this is a floor, and this is a table, and this is a chair, and this is a window. And that's all that exists. You don't look at the energetics of those things, that everything you see around you has come from someone's consciousness. And if you buy something from antique or from a secondhand store or any of these things, which don't get me wrong, I mean, I can dig a really cool pair of bell-bottom pants from a secondhand store and rock it with my cowboy boots. But the thing is, trust me, when I get those clothes, I am going to clean them. I'm going to sage them. I'm going to palo santo them. I am going to spray um, all types of herbs on them, clean them, you name it, and really bring my energy into it and remove the echoes from it or hold it in my hand and visualize life steaming through it and being like, I remove any echoes from any person who wore this or had anything to do with this and remove their imprints and their echoes from this so I don't have to take it into my body. Why? Because I'm aware that those aren't just pants. Those are pants that someone else wore and they brought their energy signature in it by letting it sit in their electromagnetic energy field, which is their aura, or should I say on their body, right? And who knows what was going on in that person? I mean, that person could have had all kinds of things going on. I don't know. But I'm definitely going to protect myself. And I'm definitely going to be aware that there is something going on. And secondly, the other thing is, is like a lot of times people don't realize that if you get a jewelry piece from someone like a Let's say, for instance, you're getting married, and I've seen it also many times from clients of mine, but the husband decides to buy an antique jewelry piece from this antique shop because that's what his wife really likes. And then she puts it on, and all of a sudden, she starts acting like a different person. Well, that's because the signature and the echo was held in that ring to the person who wore it before, and now it's been transferred to your energy. And it only has to sit with you for 22 days that you keep interacting with it before it takes full imprint into your energetic field. And when that happens, well, you're taking on the energy and the echo and the behaviors of the other person person and who else knows what else they were doing. Go figure. The thing is, what you have to understand is that you can't just look at things like, oh yeah, I bought this cold car, this, you know, this old car, and I don't know why I keep having problems with it. Did you ever think that maybe the reason why you're having problems with it is because the car is cursed or the fact that the car has some kind of like bad signature because the person who was driving it was a person who was operating out of love? It could be a many marriage source of reasons, but the thing is we can't be blind anymore, right? Exactly. We can't just sit around and be like, oh, like, oh, yeah, it's a door, it's a car, it's a, you know, it's a bike, it's a this, it's a that, it's a wedding ring, it's a, you know, it's a pair of clothes that I got at the thrift store. No, you are actually involving yourself in different energy frequencies. So going back to a thing that I told you about my friends. So once I realized that everything has an energy frequency, right? Then I realized that my voice or my words or my thoughts are also movement energies. Movement energies are like this. Movement energies are like, for instance, the wind is a movement energy. The ocean is a movement energy. The movement energies mean that energy is moving because there is a force behind it. And those types of energies are the ones I want to work with, especially as a because when you work with movement energy, that's how you get things to interact. Meaning, you know, in order to create a force, right? Like, let's say, for instance, you have a moving train. In order for me to stop that train that's in full movement, I have to find something of the equal or value or a little bit more than um, its source of movement beyond that train. Meaning, I have to find something that is equal in the compartment or the value or when I say value, meaning the strength of that movement to that train in order to stop it, right? I can't just put like a tiny little car on the railroad track. It's not going to be enough to, to halt that train. I'm going to have to do something if that train is moving very fast, that is. I have to do something that brings it of equal size in the proportion to its movement. So in theory, if we look at it from the sense is that a colliding force that collides with another force actually hits that and sends it off into another direction, which we call the ricochet effect, right? It can hit it and send it off in another direction. It can hit something else and bounce it right back at us. The thing is, everything is constantly moving. And the thing is, is that the sound moves the fastest, the light moves really fast, and words move fast. And so thoughts move super fast, like faster than the speed of light. So that being said, if we think about it and we put our thinking cap on and we look at how do we create a combustion of energy? Well, we have to create something. So we need a visualization, which is your imagination, which is really your workstation of your power. Then you have to give it a place to be held. So perhaps your hand or 
a wooden stick or let's say your chest or wherever you want to sit it. It has to have a place to be in order to formulate. Then you have to bring something into it. So you could bring your words into it, but what are those words saying? So you could actually hold out your hand and say, I generate with a powerful electricity in my right hand and make it so strong that I can feel it and experience it in my right hand and I turn it up very high. So you can do that and immediately you're going to feel something. Why? Because you gave it a location you said what it's going to do. So you said it's turning up really high. You're going to be able to feel it. So that for, that shifts the energy frequencies of your molecules to be able to go into receptive mode. And then you're creating a powerful source of energy, which means there's already energy molecules floating all around your hand. What you're doing is colliding them and expanding them and therefore allowing energy to form in that space. It's what I call fusion, right? And it, the thing is, you can add more things. You can add colors to it. You can add laughter to it. You can add words to it. I mean, you can add memories to it and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So if you look back in all of these energies of the, when we say the past, right? From religion or different sources of mysticism or you name it, it was all governed by the idea of words, right? Our spoken word and action, which was basically someone's idea of actually doing something in order to invoke something. So that's where witchery comes from. Paganism was always about like dancing around the cauldron, dancing naked in the moon, you know, tying things, boiling things, making herbs, you know, all singing songs, uh, singing incantations. All of this is energy affecting energy. So these are infusions of energy hitting and clashing into one another, creating a bigger and more powerful energy energy source. The same as religion. You can have a book and then read the book over and over and over and over again until the point you do it in a repetitious way or you do it with a, with an energy behind it such as fear. You can add fear in there and or you can add love in there. And these two are different energies that are merging with one another, creating a bigger combustion. And that then creates another energy source that allows you to operate and move in a certain way. All of these things are alchemical and in itself infused with other ideas and other energies. Just like everything you look around you was created by someone, but not just one person. It was multiple of different people's consciousnesses that brought it into full manifestation, such as your table, your chair, your vase, or your bag, or your shirt, or your clothes. It all came from the collaboration of different beings in physical embodiment who were able to use their imagination, which is their power, or their ability to create, and their ability to foresee, which is their ability to step outside of the confines of what is possible to the impact possible and make the impossible possible. It's really, really powerful. You know, it's really, really powerful. And when we step into that level of awareness, when we step into that level of clarity, when we step into that level of understanding, we are getting into a deeper space with ourselves, right? And uh, we are really, truly being able to understand energy at its most dynamic force. And once you understand those basic things shamanically, then you can take them up a notch and a notch and a notch and a notch. And before you know it, you'll be walking around and doing all kinds of very interesting things. And you might even get taken off the street because you have so much power they're gonna be like what is this person is this a superhero that's my goal my goal is to create a superhuman but not a superhuman that's going around magistrating um, darkness on the planet but a superhero is magistrating love and compassion and energy and change and really bringing change to those who are a skeptic and non-believers because the reality is a skeptic and a non-believer is someone who actually does believe but they're also very safe and secure in the idea that they're cautious and that's why they're skeptic because you know I'm a skeptic you can't just come to me with any kind of idea spiritually and think I'm going to buy into it unless I see how it actually that I actually feel something from it or that it actually works it's tangible. It works to today's evolution. It supports me where I'm at in my evolution, not just some kind of Disneyland effect of like how cool it would be to find out my past life. Like for what purpose? Why do I need to find out about my past life? Is there some information that I need that will help me move forward in where I am right now? If that's the case, then I can see why I would want to know. You see, we have to get out of this whole kind of like Disneyland effect of spirituality and get into the clarity of spirituality, the power that's behind it and the ability to wield it in a way that supports us in our evolution and those around us and the planet and the animals and the nature and all of it as a win-win for all, right? 
So going back to what I was saying, so once I was able to show my friends that I can generate energy vibrations in the room that they will be able to feel. So one of the things that I did was I would draw like a circle on the floor and generate an energy vibration there and then draw another circle on the floor and generate an energy vibration there and draw another circle on the floor and generate an energy vibration there. And I would write on a piece of paper what each of them do. Then I tell my friends, go stand in each of those areas and tell me what you feel. After they describe what they feel, I show them the piece of paper of what it was supposed to do, and they were in shock. They couldn't believe it. They're like, how is that even possible? I was like, that, my darling, is called fusion. It is the ability to change alchemical energetic structures using the energy combustion method and understanding how the movement energy moves and connects with anything that steps into its range of field, such as you stepping into that circle. You stepped into that circle. I already created the energy there. You just merged with it. You were able to feel it and bring it into your body. And that's how it works because I created a code that made sure that you brought it into your body. That is how we are. We are literally operating in the realms of spirit waiting for us to take that which is impossible and to make possible. But the only way we're going to be able to do that is to get out of these confines and these constructs that we've created for ourselves that says it can't be possible because other people say it's not. Who the hell are these other people? Do these other people, are they going to be the one who's like with you? Are they going to go with you? Like when you leave the planet where they are, who are these people? Are they paying your bills? Are they feeding you? Are they massaging you? What are they doing that gives them so much precedence over your ability to believe what something is possible or impossible and truth be told. It's not pleasant when you're letting other people dictate your life because you're unable to be clear about yourself. You have to step into a place of recognition of who you are and what you are. And that would be the most important thing. One of the things that I love the quote from Alice in Wonderland is, and I'm going to say it to you all. If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. And contrary wise, what is, it wouldn't be. And what it wouldn't be, it would. You see? So I love that because that is exactly how you have to perceive the world in shamanism. You know, it's a funny thing you see is that when we step into the understanding of the physical world, we like to feel safe. And the way we feel safe is that we add labels and conditions and ideas to things that we feel that we can understand and box up and put on a shelf and say, I got that. I'm safe now because now I know what that is. But you see, when you're in the unknown, you don't know what it is and you might not ever know what it is. And that's okay. But the ability to be able to observe and perceive different realities opens you back up when you get to the physical world that is based on a bunch of rules, labels, ideas, conditions, structures and patterns and all types of things that keep you functioning down the street, like why everyone drives on one side of the road. And in some countries, other people drive on the other side of the road. And why do people have a car that looks like this versus the cars that looked like, like if I had it my way, I would return all the cars back to the way they were in the early 60s and 70s and 50s and get rid of all the cars they are today because the cars today look boring to me. But the ones in those days looked amazing. But then again, that's me. Who knows what you would like? The point I'm making is, is that we are in a structure that is created through a system that keeps it being created that way and keeps us telling us that this is the way it has to be created and nothing outside of this can exist. Of course, that's where shamans come in. Shamans are like, oh, really? Well, here, take this plant medicine. Oh, really? Come here, lay down. Let me show you something. Oh, let me give you these words and watch what happens. Why? Because shamans are here to break down that construct because we know that if we stay stuck in that construct, like any tribe or like any type of group or organization, if you don't have have someone who's willing to go outside of the confines of what you actually believe or can see, then there's no growth for the tribe or the community. And there's no growth that could ever be achieved because you're constantly doing and believing in the same thing. That means no one, and I mean no one, gets out of that circle. That is why there has to be those in society that rule break, the anomalies, as I would say it, the ones who are created to to basically break the rules and see how the rules get broken and then create new structures and new ideas and new concepts and new um, understandings of what is possible and what comes from the impossible to become possible. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I think so. And the thing is, is that why would you want things to be normal anyway, the same every day? Like, 
So if you haven't listened to one of the shares in the past, I talk about changing it up. There's a reason why you change it up. Your mind doesn't want to be transfixed on the same thing every day, every day, doing the same thing. I mean, yeah, there's a structure to it. And yeah, there is this kind of component of like, you know, feeling safe because you know exactly what it is you're about to get into. But then there builds a certain level of entitlement, which is that you actually think that the place you eat is always going to be there and the things that you are used to are always going to be the same. And the reality is... It's not going to be. And that's where you're going to cause a lot of problems and suffering and pain and discomfort because you're going to have all these expectations and you're going to be disappointed because your expectations are not going to be met. Not in the sense of being met in the way that you want them to be. And also the thing is, is that you're going to get frustrated and agitated to have people who do things differently than you do and you're going to find them as a threat. Hence the word why we go to war with other cultures and other people who observe God differently because we just can't assume that our accept that there is someone who sees things differently than we do, and we think our way is the only way or the highway. And the highway means war. Well, guess what? It's kind of immature on our planet to continue operating that way. I would say definitely dark ages and definitely adolescent. The point I'm making is, is that if we are going to grow as a species, especially in this year, so this year is and will be and has already been an amazing transformative year of acceptance, love, allowance, and understanding on the deep levels of our consciousness. And when I say deep, I don't mean like deep in the ocean deep. I mean like deep in the sense of realness deep. And if we really begin to look at how we build their past constructs, they were based out of fear and looking for the monster so we can always put ourselves in some righteous place and pious place and some place of like, I'm better than you because I did this and you didn't or I have this and you don't is so really kind of like preschool and not even kind of like, it's beyond preschool. It's so preschool. It's sickening preschool. It's like preschool with a capital priest preschool for pre-not-so-intelligent person, which is unfortunate because there's no reason for you to be that way with the plethora of knowledge that's available to you. And if you're listening to the shares on Ancient Wisdom today, then there should be no problem for you to be able to just really just blow up some of those old programs and set the house on fire and really build a new foundation of truth and understanding from a place of love, unconditional playfulness, joy, happiness, bliss, elation, pleasure, and ecstasy, and so much more because there's no reason to use suffering as a dial tone to get our evolution into check. I mean, really? And so the thing is, if we're, we're going to have ourselves this real giant moment here on earth and recognize how giants we are of love and power and wisdom and grace and beauty and joy and excellence and opulence and pleasure and bliss and ecstasy and just greater intelligence, and we have giants rocking it, right? And we're not playing small and we're not here to just, you know, to just fly kites. We're here to take a 747 through the sky of love. You know what I'm saying? So we have this amazing capacity to move beyond the constructs and the confines of what reality has been painted for us by our parents, parents, parents who bought into the bunch of nonsense that was delivered to them in the sake of holding face or saving their own love's grace, which is basically, I want to be loved, I want to be liked, so I'll do whatever it takes to change myself and rearrange myself and fit myself into a box so that way I'll be loved. I mean, honestly, love isn't all that. If you have to like do all those horrible things to yourself, truly, if someone really loves you, they'll love you unconditionally. And if they can't, it's just okay. They're just not there. So that means they're a bad person. It just means they're not capable of understanding the level of love that is required um, to truly understand the nature of your being. I mean, because true love is the ability to accept, right? And to accept is the ability to align and to align is the ability to have allowance and allowance allows things to show up and come in. And that's when you get into full manifestation and really rocking your life in a way that, well, let's just say it is beyond any type of energy that could ever support anything because the level of rocking that you would be doing and the things that will be manifesting and transforming inspiring in your life will be nothing short of miraculous. And yet so many people will see that the possible became possible for you. So therefore it must be possible for them. And they might inquire or seek you out to gain that knowledge and information because look, we all deserve to be on that side of the fence where we are living, thriving and giving and shifting and lifting and loving and caring and nurturing and providing and assisting and building and creating together a beautiful planet with a beautiful system that supports the education and the understanding 
understanding of our emotional intelligence and our understanding of how we adapt on earth with the animal kingdom, with the nature kingdom, and how do we maintain structural balance and maintain sustainability within our efforts to continue to thrive on this planet. I think, I mean, it's definitely doable. And I believe that the possible is possible. So let's believe in the truth and let's stop lying and creating and projecting and looking and, and, you know, and, and persecuting and all of these things that we do as human beings to avoid ourselves and recognizing the truth that is available and present to us. And all we have to do is sit back, enjoy and be open and be loving and be supportive and just be nurturing and be real and dive the hell in, which is just straight up be real and be honest about it. That's when we step into this new paradigm, which we've already stepped in. Now it's like pulling our leg out of the old paradigm. It's like, ah, right? Let's yanking that leg out of there and just getting real into the new paradigm. New paradigm is based upon acceptance and love, right? And it's acceptance of love, not just from the place that I accept your pants or I accept your shirt. It's I accept the fact that you choose to observe God that way. Or I accept the fact that you choose to operate this way. And I accept the fact that you are angry right now. And I accept the fact that you're still sick. And that's why you're acting out of character and not coming from a place of unconditional love. And I accept the fact that you've hurt me in the past, but it's taught me how to love myself and build myself and have more wisdom and have more grace and have a deeper understanding of really nurturing myself and loving myself at the highest level. You know, acceptance of these things allows you into a space of allowance. And that allowance allows you to take in and be profound and experience all the joys and the goodness that life has to offer. And there's a lot to offer. (laughs) So the key element is to really follow Alice in Wonderland's um, principle which is to really, you know, when you wake up, to think of six impossible things before breakfast. Why not? You know, and one of the things that I love, I'm going to go again with another quote um, from Alice in Wonderland, right? Is why it's simply impossible, Alice replies. Why don't you mean impossible? Door said, Dormouse says, no, I do mean impossible. Possible, chuckles, and Alice replies, nothing's impossible. Well, it's true. The thing is, is that we get to make it that way, right? And so if we step into a place where we recognize that there is nothing, nothing to be impossible, and that all we have to do is see possibility in all things, and then let the spirits and the universe and creation and however you want to see the divine um, orchestrate it to us in the highest and easiest way, then we're going to really ride this thing to a great glory of success. Uh, another, I want to share another beautiful quote from Alice, which is, Alice says, Would you tell me, please, which way ought I go from here? And the Cheshire Cat replies, That depends a good deal on where you want to get to. And Alice says, I don't much care where. And the Cheshire Cat replies, Then it doesn't much matter which way you go. Now does it, Alice? And Alice says, So as long as I get somewhere. And the Cheshire Cat says, Oh, you're sure to do that. If only you walk long enough. Well, what is the meaning of that? It means that, you know, when she says, please, which way I ought to go from here? Well, the choice is yours, right? It depends on a great deal of where you want to get to, says the Chester Cat. Well, it's true. Where do you want to go? Right? Where do you want to go? The possibilities are endless, right? And then she says, I don't much care where. Well, if you don't care where, then it doesn't matter which way you go. Now, does it? And that's what the Chester Cat was saying. And then she says, so as long as I get somewhere. Well, then the Chester Cat was, oh, well, that's very simple then. you sure to do that if you just keep walking long enough. Well, that means if you keep doing the same thing you're doing or whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to get somewhere if you don't care about where you're going. But if you do care about where you're going, then don't you think you should put some due diligence in the idea of where would you like to be? I think it's important to be where you to know where you would like to be or where you'd like to show up. That way you have a very clear understanding of your devotion and that which you must put your energy into to see it fully manifest. Don't you? And don't you think it's important for you to recognize the power of your ability to manifest with the clarity that you're able to give yourself? I mean, clarity is a wonderful thing. It gives you the very clear understanding of the meaning of why, what, 
as we have spoken about in other shares. If we get a very clear understanding about where you want to be and why you want to be there, then you know what steps to take and which people that you should obviously be connecting with and not connecting with. And you don't have to hustle at all. You just simply align yourself with spirit, say, spirit, this is where I want to be. And then all the spirit will just send all the right people and situations and circumstances into your life. And all you have to do is reply with a simple word such as yes, and you will get where you need to go, which is really wonderful if you ask me. I also think that there's a point of reference when we get into understanding the the depth of what it means to truly be a magistrator of the impossible to become possible is to stop looking for other people to validate what's possible for you or what's impossible for you. I mean, the idea of validation in itself is a deadly poison in which not to drink. I mean, literally asking someone if something is possible for you is like asking someone if the train is going to come. You know, I mean, don't you think you should know that yourself? And if anything, don't you think you should have this awareness of yourself, this awareness of yourself and the understanding that the possibility of anything is based upon your belief of that it can be, and that can only be given by you, not someone else. And therefore, to obtain it from someone else means that you have given them codependent directive to be able to guide your life based upon their understanding of the world, which may not be at all necessarily functional in the frame of which you want it to be functional, such as coming from the possible to become the um, from the impossible, they might be believing in the restrictive and the constrictive, and they might be believing in lack and limitation and scarcity. And goodness gracious, you don't want that now, do you? I think it's better for you to think of yourself in the ways of how you would think something is possible than to ask someone else what is possible and then to have them observe through their own observation of their life what is possible for you because of that which you believed within yourself, such as know where you're going. I mean, truly, you know, if you really want to. Uh, So these are important things to know. But the bigger important thing to know is that if you are in a point of life where you feel that you're dealing with strife, all you have to do is turn on the light. Turn on the light. Now the light is inside of you, and all you have to do is believe in the impossible, and all will come true. It's simple, as easy as can be. All you have to do is set yourself free. Stop buying into the patterns and the ideas that other people present you. Simply say, oh, is that what works in your world? Well, that's great, but it doesn't work in mine. Like, for instance, once someone said to me, Shaman Dirk, aren't you afraid you're going to fail? I said, what is failure? They said, failure. Haven't you looked it up in the dictionary? I said, oh, no. I don't look up things in a dictionary. I like to make my own dictionary. They said, what? That's preposterous. Why would you do such a thing? I said, well, listen to me, my darling, and listen to me clearly. Your words that you've taken from the dictionary could easily be programmed by the matrix or the system that wants you to buy into the matrix that it's been programmed by, and therefore confront it and be a part of it, meaning that you are servant to the matrix, which I plan to be a servant to no one. Of course, a service I will be, but a servant, never. And the thing is, I'd rather be of service because that way I have full intention and clarity of who I am and what I'm doing and why. And the second thing is, is the fact that you think that because you believe in failure that I should is this real preposterous thing. I mean, really, if you believe in failure and you think that you should press that upon me so that I can believe in failure, why would I want to believe in something that I choose to believe isn't real? And in my world, failure doesn't exist. Therefore, I'm always succeeding, don't you see? And my friend was like, so you're meaning to tell me that you've erased failure from your vocabulary? I said, I didn't erase it. I've never written it in. Therefore, it cannot affect me. Well, it's the same thing. If you draw two doors, one for success and one for failure, which one do you think is going to land on? Well, again, that's the story of the Wheel of Fortune. If you've seen the tarot card, the Wheel of Fortune, or if you watched that horrible game show that has bankruptcy on every corner, you would realize how scared each of those players are when they spin that wheel because all the money that they have made by solving those puzzles and riddles can all go down into a big, giant heap of nothingness if it lands on bankruptcy. And the question of that is people do that all the time in their life. They create 
all kinds of amazing ideas from the possible, from the impossible, and from the impossible becoming possible. And then in a swoop of a moment, they change their mind by having some fear or doubt that comes in, which is a bankruptcy marker on that wheel. And then they all of a sudden draw the door that something cannot or will not happen and therefore draw it into manifestation. I choose and will not under any circumstance, never, ever, ever, I don't care how many times over, I will not sabotage myself with nonsense just because someone else chooses to live in that paradigm. If you want to live in the paradigm that everything is falling apart and that's what you want to believe, then you go right ahead and enjoy that. However, there are quantum dimensions and I'm choosing the one where I feel completely loved, nurtured, safe, and able to focus my love and attention on supporting people in a greater way. And the other thing is, which I find very fascinating amongst humanity, is that humans will actually tell each other stories so they can believe in those nasty little stories that they tell. And little nightmares is what I call them. Little microscopic nightmares. Constantly telling people of the doldry da- drabs of your life does not support or acknowledge empowerment in a human being. And in fact, it's depleting, degrading, limiting, and really based in scarcity and creates every form of displeasure, which by all means, I'm sure that you want pleasure and not displeasure. And if that's the case, then you should pretty much operate from a place of love and awareness of the possible or the impossible becoming possible from the possible becoming from the impossible. I'm sure you get my meaning. And the whole point is, is that if you are able to put your mind into that set, you will be able to understand how to generate things, how to create things, how to go beyond the confines of what people think is available or possible to them. And you'll be able to go into an understanding of the wizardry mind, the mind that sees limitlessness in all things. That's where you want to be. You want to be of the wizardry mind, right? The mind of the wizard is one who can think internally and create. That's because he's so clear on his thoughts that the impossible is not at all impossible because the possible comes from the impossible and the impossible is just an observance of information that is incorrect and needs the formation of truth, which is based in love, courage, understanding, and wisdom to bring it into its proper formation to make that which was impossible possible. Pretty cool, huh? I think so. I mean, think about it. You can create and magistrate all of the different energies in your life, all based upon that which you accept as truth and that which you don't accept as truth. It's just like a big yes or no. Yes, I accept it as truth. And no, I don't accept it as truth. And really, if you want to move beyond the confines of human construct and you want to get into understanding the depth and quality of what it takes to live beyond those confines and those those constructs, you have to be able to be willing to break the laws of humanity that humans use psychologically to program themselves into some form of submission and then give permission. Uh That's a good one. Program yourself into submission and give permission for those who choose not to listen. I love the rhymes. And that will give you a really not so comfortable experience because why? Well, because you're basically saying it's okay for you to lie to me with limited information and because all that you've done for me, I'm just going to go ahead and believe it without me really taking inventory and looking at is this even necessary or possible for me to believe in when it's operating from so much love and so much disconnect and so much uh, fear? I choose not to, said the rabbit. And so the thing is, is that I think that we have the capability as a tribe, as beautiful souls who are listening to this share, to step it up and burn it up. For this year. I mean, step it into high gear. And that means what? That means I'm not going to believe or listen to one person who comes from a place of lack and limitation and scarcity thinking. I am going to do completely the opposite. And I am going to break down every single wall and every single barrier that is being withheld by fear or lack or limitation because of the inability to see the power and the light and the clarity that comes through my being that can be shared with other people to create a widespread of unconditional love for all beings, no matter what, and be able to bring all of us home to the light for fifth dimensional um, integration. Tell me how cool that sounds. And you have the power to do that in you right now. Can you feel the litness in you? I can. 
I can feel the litmus in all of in, in all of you right now. It is fire burning fire. So let it out. Expand it and bring it out in the highest way without any fear or doubt or, oh my God, this never happened to me or this and that and the other. Stop the whining, okay? And start combining all the knowledge and information that you need in order to govern your life in the highest way. Stop the whining, start combining. Stop the whining, start combining. That is simple, easy instruction. For you to be able to be in that space of power, It requires for you to step beyond the confines of human consciousness, which is held within the third dimensional, third finite way of thinking, and start developing fifth dimensional awareness, quantum level awareness, understanding we grouping awareness, collective awareness, love awareness, so that the highest level of power is being distributed to the people equally and effortlessly. How awesome is that? Ow! So good. So good, so right, so needed. No more playing small. We are giants. We are giants. We are giants. That is what we are, giants. So so the thing is, remember, one thing that Alice said is, how long is forever? And sometimes just in one second was the answer. How long is forever? Sometimes just one second. Don't wait for that time to pass you up because you're too busy worrying or waiting for someone to give you permission to be powerful and great. Please, you are great. You are powerful. And I say it right here and right now. Can you repeat that with me? I'm great. I'm powerful. I'm a giant. I'm lit. And I'm burning things up to bring a better, greater world for myself, for my family, for my friends, and for this planet and for everyone. Now that is what it means to be a giant. So if you're not following me on Instagram at Shaman Durek, you're totally missing out. And if you haven't signed up on my newsletter to get my really cool tips on how to bring powerful energies in your life and to see what cool workshops and cool freebies I'm giving away, you're missing out. And also most importantly, please remember Ignite to Invite. That means tell your friends, Put it out there. Share it with them. Get them lit. Stop their complaining. Stop their draining because complaining is draining and that's all they're doing. And you need to be like, you know what? I can't sit on this dinner table anymore. I can't sit on the sun table anymore. I can't sit here anymore and listen to you complain and complain and complain and act so miserable. Here is the tribe. Come join the tribe. Get alive. Get lit. Get on fire. You know, burn your desire. See the truth. Lift and shift and take yourself to a higher place. Why not? This is the time, everyone. And this year is the year to really set things ablaze. So, well, you know it's come to that time. So I'll say, I love you, 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 I love you. Thank you for being on the planet Earth with me. I can't wait to see you, give you a big hug, hold you in my arms, look in your eyes, and let's laugh about the whole entire thing. Because that's one giant masquerade of we should just be laughing at every single day. And until next time, see you later, alligator. Bye. <laughs>